Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Fair's Moving Markets podcast. It's Thursday, the 7th of December, and my name is Helen Freer. US markets closed in the red yesterday after the latest data release there. On today's show, I'll be talking about this and more market news with Lucia Chachulovic. Then Karsten Menka is back, and after all the moves we've seen in gold this week, I'll be getting his thoughts on what to expect from here. But first up is Lucia with the market news. Good morning, Lucia. Good morning, Helen. So let's start with the US, where equities yesterday first rose as investors cheered new economic data releases, indicating that inflation is falling. But then the mood changed, and actually all three major stock indices ended the day in the red. Benedet and Roman already talked about the labour market yesterday morning, but we got some new data out during the session yesterday. Perhaps you could start, Lucia, by telling us a bit more about this. Of course. So the latest batch of data showed a fall in labor costs, which is actually seen as a positive sign because it suggests that inflation could fall further. At the same time, a jump in productivity was reported, indicating that the U.S. economy has great potential to avoid a recession. So the private payrolls data from ADP showed that the labor market is easing. And, you know, Helen, the hot labor market has often been seen as one of the Federal Reserve's main pain points. But yesterday's data is just one in a series of labor-focused data releases this week, and investors will now focus on today's jobless claims numbers, followed by key data on non-farm payrolls, wages, and the unemployment rate on Friday. And it's not just U.S. stocks that were down yesterday, right? I saw that uh, U.S. crude oil prices fell below $70 a barrel. Yes, that's right, Helen. Oil prices have stabilized somewhat this morning, but WTI crude fell 4% yesterday to close at its lowest since June. And this despite efforts by OPEC Plus to boost prices by promising to cut supply in the first quarter of 2024. And lower crude prices are also filtering through to consumers, actually, with U.S. gasoline prices falling to an average of $3.22 yesterday. And this is the lowest level since January 3rd, so nearly a year. Okay, now overnight in Asia, shares were mixed, really, following the declines on Wall Street. What are the main stories there? So starting with China, there are growing concerns about the country's debt burden. Moody's first downgraded the outlook for the country's sovereign bonds, but then also downgraded its view on a number of local companies. Investors were then also surprised by data showing that China's imports contracted in November, and this is dashing hopes that domestic demand would pick up from a low base to boost growth in the slowing economy. On the bright side, however, the country's exports rose by 0.5%. Meanwhile, in Japan, the 10-year yield jumped almost 10 basis points to 0.75% this morning, with the move given an extra boost by a weak demand at a 30-year government bond auction, and the yen strengthened against the US dollar. And in Europe, it seems traders are ramping up their bets on monetary policy easing from the European Central Bank. What are the latest numbers there? Yeah, so the markets are now fully pricing in six quarter point rate cuts by the ECB in 2024, which would take the key rate to 2.5%. They are also pricing in an almost 90% chance of the easing cycle starting in the first quarter of next year. And you know, Helen, that's a scenario that was barely even contemplated just three weeks ago. And 
If traders were right, the ECB would be the first of the major central banks to cut rates next year and would be the most aggressive in its easing cycle. So these market expectations have been influenced by a number of dovish comments in recent days, suggesting that rates above 4% will not be needed due to the decline in inflation. And Deutsche Bank was one of those actually who helped fuel the dovish sentiment by revising its outlook to also forecast 150 basis points of cuts. Just as a reminder, Helen, we at Julius Baer expect the ECB's main refinancing rate to be at 3.75% in 12 months' time. All right. Um, thank you, Lucia. And just quickly, where do US Treasuries stand this morning? So 10-year Treasury yields are up around 7 basis points this morning after having fallen yesterday to 4.1%, which is the lowest level since August. The jump this morning reflects a broader shift in sentiment, which was also seen in Australian bonds and also followed the sell-off in Japanese debt. Okay, so there's obviously a lot more we could talk about. But just before we finish up, Lucia, let's talk about the day ahead. What can investors expect today? So first of all, futures in Europe are trading mixed, while those in the US are mostly down for now. So let's see where the day will bring us. And in terms of economic data, we've just received Germany's industrial production data, which came in lower than expected. But later today, we will receive the final Eurozone GDP figures, as well as US wholesale inventories and the initial jobless claims that I mentioned at the start of the show. Great. Thank you very much, Lucia, for the nice roundup this morning. Thanks for having me, Helen. Carsten, good morning, firstly. Good to have you on the show. Hello, Helen. Good morning. So what's going on in the gold market at the moment? In very early trading on Monday morning, prices suddenly spiked to a new record high of more than $2,100 per ounce. Well, I think there is a lot of interest in gold at the moment, to put it mildly. Um, the market seems to be very convinced about a rapid reversal of US monetary policy at the moment. Prices already moved higher on Friday after US Federal Reserve Chairman Powell said that monetary policy was well in restrictive territory. And I think that's not a surprise given that we have witnessed the fastest and steepest interest rate hike uh, in history, basically. Um, what the gold market made out of this is even more aggressive expectations of the first interest rate cut. Now it's already March of 2024, with the expected end of year level as low as 4%. Does this explain the spike in gold prices Monday morning? Not really. I mean, this looks more like a sort of glitch in the futures market, not least as prices have come back very quickly. And when we spoke last time, you mentioned that the gold market is currently driven by short-term and speculative traders in the futures market, while safe haven seekers are staying on the sidelines. Is this still the case? Yes, absolutely. So a move such as Monday's almost always happens in the futures market. Uh, at that time, it was 1 a.m. Uh, Zurich time, physical markets were actually not open. If we look at the positioning in the futures market, we can see how the mood has changed during the past few weeks. Long positions have grown, so this is bets on rising prices, while short positions have shrunk, so bets on falling prices, which means that the trading community is very single-sided uh, at the moment for even higher gold prices. Meanwhile, in the physical market, uh, people are actually selling gold. Our main reference here are holdings of physically backed gold products, which we can track on a daily basis. So these products have recorded outflows since the end of November 
and actually also for most of the time since summer. Okay, so it sounds a bit like a market that's moved ahead of itself then. Is that right? Yeah, so that's what we think. Uh, typically, such dominance of the futures market and the absence of the physical market mean that prices are on a softer footing. If we do not get this rapid reversal of US monetary policy that is currently priced in by money markets and also reflected in the gold market, and if we stay instead above at above average interest rates for longer, um, we don't believe that gold will be able to hold these levels simply because safe haven seekers, they're not coming back. Uh, and then they're not coming back because they should find more attractive alternatives, especially on a risk-adjusted basis in high-grade bonds. So they don't need the gold market at the moment. And what do you think needs to happen with the US economy for this rapid reversal to happen? I think it's very simple. So the US economy would need to slip into a recession, a broad base, a fully-fledged recession, rising unemployment, etc. Uh, but at the moment, there are not many indicators actually pointing into this direction. I mean, yes, the economy is cooling, uh, the labor market is cooling, we've heard that, uh, but we still see a very sound consumption and investment backdrop. So all in all, we remain cautious on gold and we see more downside than upside from current levels. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Karsten. You're welcome. Thank you. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guest this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show and you haven't yet subscribed, don't forget to do so. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.